Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. I'm your host for the week, Ashwin. I'm joined by Varun, who we haven't had on for a couple of weeks because it's been a very, very exciting phase of his life as we shared with uh, all our listeners a couple of weeks ago. Varun, congratulations. How exciting you've welcomed your daughter to this world and it's been a little busy, I can imagine. Yeah, it, it has been busy. Thank you guys so much. I know some of you messaged on Twitter as well. We had a daughter. Her name is Vani. And uh, we're just, yeah, we're, we're learning how parenthood goes and enjoying it and uh, also enjoying the sleepless nights. And I realized I sh- probably shouldn't have spoken to my wife so much about the fact that I used to wake up early to watch Sevag bad at all odd hours of the day, because I think the expectation is that if you can do that, then this should be a piece of cake. So, uh, but, but jokes apart, it's, yeah, it's been, it's been great so far. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is what I was just thinking about this the other day. It's like the T20s, India's playing West Indies started like 11 p.m. at night or something for you. So it's great. You're going to be awake anyway. So you might as well watch some cricket, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, it, it seems easier than you'd think. But uh, yes, I did. You know, it is pretty interesting because uh, okay, I'm, my memory is a bit blurred right now because I'm uh, sleep deprived. But actually, there was allowed. a game this that there was a game where Siraj had to bowl the last over, right? And there was 15 he had to defend or something no, like that. It was the second over. My baby was crying, eyes opened, uh, you know, put her down for a feed and then I just opened Crick Buzz, which is what normal nice. people do at 4.30 or 5 in the morning. Absolutely. And I saw there was one over to go, 15 to and I actually logged in uh, watch that over and then went back to sleep. So That's you're right. If one can figure this out, it's uh, it's a pretty good model to watch cricket. Uh, There's a lot of potential benefit. That's for sure. Right. But we're not here to talk about that. You know, I'm appreciative that you were able to make the time to be on. I know it's a little crazy, but uh, hopefully it's a nice little break. We get to talk a little bit about India versus the West Indies. And then some of the team, uh, India women's, Indian women's team's heroics in Birmingham in the Commonwealth Games that are going on. And Heartbreaker initially, but a, but a good recovery from that on. So, Varun, after we last recorded, India had won two ODIs. So DJ and I sat here and said, hey, series is done. Are they going to try to change up the 11? So let's talk about the third ODI. And then, of course, since then, there's only been the one T20. Interestingly, let me start by asking you, in that third ODI, I don't think they made any changes except that Prasid, Prasid played the first ODI, then they brought Avation for the second, and then Prasid came back in. If I remember correctly, there were no other changes. Start with, with that, right? You're already up 2-0. You've got a couple guys in the side, the Rudrajas, the uh, you know, Avesh in that case, and a few folks who you may want to play. What's the thought process on saying we're already up 2-0, let's play the exact same side for the third ODI? It's not very typical of Team India, is it? Yeah, it's not. I mean, yeah, it's not that typical, but at the same time, what are you going to change? Because you're taking all these top guys, or at least out of the people you're taking, you want the top guys to get more and more and more match practice. And if you keep chopping and changing, somehow they're just not going to spend enough time in the middle. And I think that is ultimately what it comes down to for me that while they like you could have easily played Rutharaj, right? In the in the third ODI. But you persisted with Gil. Gil now hit ninety-eight, which is great for his confidence. And so sometimes I think, yeah, I think that's how it manifests itself into. So I I I'm okay with the fact that they didn't change, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like you said rightly. Like, where where does it leave somebody like Rutharaj now? He's going on all of these. Let's not call it India A tours, but the Sri Lanka, the West Indies, the Zimbabwe, and he's still not playing. Like, 
where does that leave somebody like Ruthraj? Yeah, it's a, that's part of the problem, right? Like there's a big argument to be made where people say, hey, being with the tour, being with this on the tour with the side, getting that type of experience, nets, conditions is all great. But at some level, yeah, he's not playing in the 11 at any point. And we're picking on him, but there's a few folks like this that have happened to, right? So, yeah. It's like, it's like Kishan, right? Now, yeah. Kishan is also touring. I don't know if Kishan has made a ODI debut yet. I, I can't remember offhand. But somebody like Kishan is now a wicketkeeper batsman. Samson is in and out of the team. And now you've chosen Samson over Kishan. And Samson yeah. has not been part of the setup at all. Yeah. So, now you've got Kishan who in the peak or the prime years of his life is not playing any cricket for a six-month period. Kishan has played and three ODIs, one against Shrilanka, two against West Indies. Yeah, okay. So that's what I'm saying, right? It's uh, so, you, so you've taken him and now he's not playing. Um, and we'll come to T20 because there was an opening batsman who was unexpected in the first game. And it was not Kishan, right? So we'll come to that. But yeah, it, it's it's hard, man. It's It's tough. So let's talk this ODI then, right? Like, yeah. Very quickly, I'm not going to recap all of it. Shikhar Thavan makes another... 50 at just below around a ball. Like we've seen this story a million times already. I and I, I heard last week's episode, Rohan, Rohan agreed with you. So it was nice for you that uh, the, you had a nice, uh, you had somebody on the podcast who agreed with your anchor theory. I know, that's, that's pretty rare, right? Like we were <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was, I was happy for you when I heard that. I had needed that. Maybe that's why I had him on. But yeah, so Dhawan came and made a half century. Shreya Sayer came and looked good and hit. And there was a lot of rain delays on and off and on and off. And the one thing I, the thing I want to talk to you about is it ended up being a 36 over match. First off, if there was risk of rain, you'd think team, the team in favored is the team that's chasing. So you'd think Dhawan would have wanted to win the toss and chase. But maybe uh, let's say they didn't know that. Shubman Gill, two runs from his first ODI century. The team goes off for rain. He's sitting there thinking, what do we have? 84 balls remaining in the innings. We've got plenty of time. And then a little, little bit more rain came down, a little bit more rain. And of course, then the innings, he's sitting there at 98, not out. And the innings was called off and the West Indies was set a target to win. Like, how, how disappointing is that for a young player who is so close to his first ODI century and just, yeah, rain took it away from him? Yeah, incredibly frustrating because like we said, in the big games, he's not going to play. And so getting a century on the books was very important. We've discussed this before in the last couple of years. 98 versus 100, it's just two runs. So nobody's going to discount him, especially since he's not out and rain played a factor. But having that first century to your name is, uh, it's it's game changing from a confidence perspective. And I wish he'd got it, man. Like, I'm still mixed on on Gil. I, I like the guy a lot, but uh, there are certain things about him that I think I, I, I would still need to look at uh, in more detail. But there's no doubt that he he deserves a shot. And so that's why I feel bad that he missed his century. So let me ask you then, before I'm going on a tangent, but before we talk about the Indian bowling innings, Rohit Dhawan and Virat is our top three is is limiting, limited for time, right? We'll probably have a couple of years, best case. Is Gil one of your... Oh, first choice openers to to come in next. Who who? Where do we go from here? Prithvi Shaw arguably was in the running for a long time and has fallen a little out of favor, at least in the fifty over format. Where does Team India go from here for openers next? Yeah, I think Gil is going to be in the mix. So let's you know because what has happened is Rahul's career is going to be extended right beyond these Rohit Dhawan and, and Kohli. But Rahul, firstly, he hasn't played much cricket in twenty twenty two international cricket. Secondly, the last time we saw him in a big tournament, he batted at five. So his ODI, his role seems to be very different. And so I think Gill will definitely get a go. I, I also wouldn't rule out somebody like Parikar. 
right? The left-right combination. And there's lots of young guys coming up. And this is what we talked about. The problem with IPL is that everyone is a top three batsman. Um, and it, it doesn't it doesn't work that way necessarily when you move into the international setup. But from a long-term perspective, right now, let's just say Gil to me is ahead of Shaw because Shaw doesn't seem in the India setup at all. Um, but but there's going to be between Kishan, Ruturaj, Rahul, Padikal. I think, I think there's going to be enough competition. Yeah. So for now, Gil batted really well, probably earned his call-up for whenever the opportunity comes next. But West Indies came out to chase. I mean, first off, you, it benefits you to know how much you're chasing, but 227, I think they needed to win. Uh, no, 257, excuse me. And then how many? 26 overs? 26 or? overs, which is not, not undoable. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, first over... But it's Deepakura still 7 gets, point, almost 7.2. Correct. So first over, yeah. Deepakura got the ball, which is interesting. Maiden. Next ball, Mohamed Siraj comes and gets a wicket. Two balls later, Mohamed Siraj gets another wicket. So you're sitting there, nine balls in, zero for two after 1.3. And, you know, West Indies put up a couple of partnerships, poor and batted well. Brandon King batted well, but, you know, couldn't even, couldn't survive more than 26 and 26 overs. Because Vendor Chahal picked up four. Clean sweep, right? Like, not not a ton to write home about, unfortunately, for the West Indies series. Very happy, personally, for you, Vendor Chahal. Just a Top, top talent with the white ball and so good to see him get the get opportunities and just always make them count. Varun, anything else on the ODI series before we move to the T20? No, I think I think that covers it, man. It was a bit weird. I think partly I couldn't watch all of it and partly it was a, such a clean sweep that I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much else to add. I don't know if this was West Indies' full strongest side. You know, there were some names missing. But again, if you try to follow... You know, I don't know if Pollard is still playing uh, for West Indies. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know where Russell is. I don't know where some of these guys are. So I don't know if this was a full strength side, but yeah, not much room to write about, like you said. Yeah, I mean, there's West. For some reason, for me, West Indies T20 cricket, which of course the first match ended well for India, but West Indies T20 is this behemoth, and West Indies ODI has just been lackluster for a while. And I don't have the data to back that, but just as I think about it, they just haven't been the same force in the longer limited overs format as they have in T20s. It's a good segue to talk about T20s. Right, first the T20, the first of five T20 matches happened on Friday, and first off. The guy who walked out for the toss was, you know, a little bit unexpected. I wasn't sure if he'd be back, but Rohit Sharma, skipper of the Indian T20s team, or the Indian all-format team, if you will, has, has now won 13 T20s in a row under his captaincy, right? So the ones we've lost to when he hasn't been leading. Talk to me about Rohit, man. Comes out, makes, wins, like, bats first, makes 64 or 44 balls, right? Like in an innings where Ayer failed. Pandya failed. Panth got a bit of a start, but didn't go anywhere. Jadeja got a bit of a start. Sky got a start. This was a Rohit Sharma show. And then one more guy I want to talk about a little later. But 64 or 44, great knock at the top, right? Yeah, fantastic. And he looked like he was coming out and playing like attacking cricket. He looked like he was taking his chances. I think the thing with Rohit now is, yeah, he's he's got such a great captaincy record in different formats that I think he just wants to keep going now. Like in whatever time he has, let's assume he's got a two-year captaincy window. I think he just wants to win and win and win. And, um, you know, he didn't get captaincy as long as like a Dhoni or a, or a Kohli. And he, he won't have it as long as that. But the impact he can make in that time will be great. So... Yeah, I was very happy to see him bat the way he did. Strike rate of almost 150. I was trying to calculate the Basra, but it's not... Uh, it's it's like 200 and something. Uh, yeah, 205. So that's pretty good. Every, every couple of weeks you're on the show, you're just going to bring up Basra. Yeah. So so that was pretty good. But So I mean, overall, good to see Rohit. I think message for all the listeners is that 
yeah, he's just at the top. He's the captain. That's it. Like, um, back him now, support him. He, he's got uh, good captaincy, um, kind of tactical changes on the field. He's got the shots to play, um, you know, up at the top. His pull is one of the best. So generally very happy with Rohit. But since we're talking about up top, I, I would say, Ashwin, there's like two or three things I want to talk about in this innings. Yeah, One, who opened the batting with Rohit? Yeah, were you Surya, surprised by that? Yeah, I was Skywalks totally up shocked. I put on that game. I was waiting, saying that, okay, if I've got 20 minutes to watch something, I'm going to watch the first five hours because Pant is going to open the batting, right? And so I put it on and I was like, come on, come on, come on. And then out comes Surya Kumar Yadav. And I had to literally change the channel and say, it was buffering. Is this an old game? Is this not the right score? What happened there? Like, did I miss something? It it makes no sense to me. Yeah, the only logic I have is I don't see Sky and Shreyas both playing in the ongoing setup, right? So, and I do think they're continuing, like they didn't, it's the only thought I have. That, that they didn't want to mess up Panth 4, Hardik 5, Jadeja 6. That's what they're trying to I think you can have a world where you go Panth 5, Hardik 6, Jadeja 7, but I don't think, I think they wanted to, to really be able to, to stick to those three guys. So then your question becomes, okay, if you're not going to promote Panth to open because you want him to like cement his four or five spot, do you promote Shreyas and let Sky cement his three? That's what I would have done. Because for me, in the T20 format, Sky is way ahead of Shreyas uh, at, at three. So for me, if you were really trying to test these guys out at their spots that they're going to play the Asia Cup and the World Cup, I would have left Sky at three and then promote somebody like a Shreyas to open. He's done it for in the IPL before when needed. But it seems like they wanted to keep, uh, you know, didn't work out. Obviously, Shreyas making a duck, but it seems like they wanted to preserve Shreyas at three. It's the only explanation I have transparent. I don't have a, I don't have a better idea. Yeah, it, it's, it, was just, it was just too odd to me. I mean, let, don't get me wrong. 24 of 16 is what we've talked a lot about in impact innings, and it does well. But my problem is, Sky would have made 24 of 16 even at three or four, right? So what was the what was the point of it? And did, did I don't know if you watched some of his shots, but he looked like he was not comfortable, especially when Hussein was bowling. Um, he hasn't. Let's be honest. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't looked comfortable in a while, right? He failed basically in all three ODIs. Now, Bijan and I had a discussion after the second, saying, "A is two failures bad enough? B after the third, like." Is it enough to say, okay, he's a T20 guy, he's not a 50-over player for India, or is he just having a bad run? Uh, it's it's hard, but Sky has not looked great at the crease for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so so that's that was the thing with Sky. And then Pant, to the second two, before we, I think before we go for break very quickly, yeah. Pant, 14 of 12, again, suddenly comes into the middle order in a limited-over game, or rather T20 game, and again, looks average. He hit a century in his last outing, so let's not be harsh on him. But I, the more and more I, I, I see T20 and Pant, I just think he needs to open the innings, uh, even if somebody else needs to like make their way down the order for that move to happen. And then let's talk about DK, man. Like, yeah. So what's, what's well, before before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We will yeah. come back talk about the end of this innings and a couple other things in the world of cricket. So do not go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have you ever wondered where the business world is headed? How the ways in which we create, market and sell to consumers will evolve? Or if we'll ever go back to wearing pants while working? For answers to all of this and more, tune into Advertising is Dead with me, Varun Dugirala. Every Tuesday, as I talk to entrepreneurs, leaders and change makers from across business, media, marketing and beyond, you can catch all episodes of Advertising is Dead on the IBM Podcast website, app or wherever you get your podcasts from. 
Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Varun gave you a little spoiler on what I want to talk about, but man, I just, I, I haven't fully processed the fact that this guy was almost, was basically confirmed. I think he had contracts for broadcasting. Like he was in the commentary box for Team India matches for a long time. Like basically saying, yeah, I'll still play IPL, but I'm kind of done. He captained an IPL franchise and lost his captaincy role. And he's 37 years old. And of course, I'm talking about Dinesh Karthik. This is the reinvention of all reinventions, right? He picked arguably maybe the toughest role in T20 cricket. Also a role I don't know a lot of people have grown into. Like People like the Russells and the Finnish and David Millers, the finishers of the world have always been finished. And DK just, just chose to grow into it and own it and say, nobody else is doing this. I mean, I'm just trying to do the math really quickly, right? When he walked out, it would have been 138 for six at the end of 16 overs. And so you're thinking, okay, four overs, if they can make another 30, 35 at that point, looks okay, but 160, 170. And of course, he gets them to 190, right? After 41 of just 19 balls. It's four fours and two sixes. It's just unbelievable. His ability to hit runs in the last 10, 15 balls of an innings is unmatched in India, at least, right? Yeah, I mean, I just, it's, it's, it's so amazing to see this guy at 37, um, 37 plus, just come out and do this. And what was amazing to me is that you talked about like four, five, six, five, six, seven. This guy has to play. So we got to figure out where everyone else is batting around him. The same way I said Pan should be at top, Karthik has to bat. Now, Karthik came below Jadeja this time, right? So I think it was Pant four, Hardik five, Jadeja six. So Karthik came at number seven, hit 41 of 19. And even Rohit said that I, I didn't expect us to... To, to get to 190, like you mentioned. So, I, I don't know, man. I think, I think like, to me, his seat is confirmed. Now, remember, your Rohit is not, uh, Virat is not here, Rahul is not here. But Karthik has to play, man. Like, that ability to do the, uh, to, to go at 215, 220 strike rate, um, he changed the game, right? I think the amazing thing about that, and I won't go on a tangent about Team India's World Cup selection, but the amazing thing about that is if you're saying Rohit is for sure, right? I'm going to skip the other opener for a second. If you're then saying Sky, Pant, Hardik, Jadeja, and Karthik are your next five, right? Three, four, five, six, seven. That means you have one spot now for Rahul or Kohli. And the question is, do, yeah. you, do you open with Kohli? Like, does Rahul, poor guy, after being basically India's second in command after Rohit, now he has to, because of injury and COVID he had recently, he has to regain his spot in the team. It's it's, it blows the mind. You're, to your point, DK has to play and Hardik and Jadeja and Pant all have to play. I think either Pant or Rahul are the ones who make way or Kohli. Yeah, right? I think so. I think, look, we all know the answer to that. The answer is Kohli sits out and there's no doubt about that at all. Who does it? Does Dravid tell Kohli to sit out or does Kohli tell Kohli to sit out? I don't know. But Kohli needs to sit out. That's the way Rahul and Pant both get to play. If Kohli doesn't sit out, yes, one of them has to go. There's there's no right answer. There's no easy way of picking who goes, but one of them has to go. Right. So, good win for uh, Team India. I mean, I would argue, honestly, if the West Indies were chasing 160, 170, they may have had a different approach. When you're chasing 190, they went all out from the beginning. Not a lot to say about the the bowling. Kudos to two two guys who really changed the game. Ravi Ashwin making his uh, reappearance in T20, uh, India colors in T20s. And Ravi Bishnoi, just magnificent. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it, but he was just toying with the bowlers. Like first ball was sharp, googly, and then he got a he got a wicket shortly after that, and then bowled out. Like there were a couple of balls that the batsman came right down the track, swung big, missed, and Bunt just held on to the ball a little bit before stumping him. And Bishnoi just looked unplayable. So 
So full credit to him as well. Yeah, and man, when you start looking at these scorecards, you just look at the depth of talent, man. Like you mentioned, two guys. You didn't even mention Arshdeep Singh. I was gonna say I had to say. Yeah, I have to give a shout like out you talked two guys, and actually, and these guys, they they're not in the top fifteen. Okay, they're not. They they would not play for India's top fifteen. It's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, Arshdeep, by the way, I think gave eleven or twelve runs off his first couple of balls. He went, he got hit a little early, and then ended up with figures of two for twenty four. So just unbelievably tight. I think probably a discussion for another day as to whether Arshdeep has been the answer to Team India's left arm quick bowling player, prayers. Like he's he's incredible. Just just incredible. So has had a really, really good run. But before we finish talking about the men, I want to just talk about the squad that was just announced for the ODI setup uh, against this, against Zimbabwe. So this is an interesting one where I think the Zimbabwe ODI is to end just four or five days before the Asia Cup. So you look down the squad, you say there's no Rohit, no Rishabh, no Virat, no Hardik, no just no Bumrah, no Jadeja, none of those. But a couple of interesting in- inclusions, right? So Shikhar is going to captain it again against Zimbabwe. To your point, we talked about depth and all that. Guy Quad is in the squad, Gil, Huda, all that. Rahul Tripathi, first ever call-up in ODI colors. And he's not an ODI player. Like, that's the point. What are you guys doing here? Why are you calling all these what, guys? What well, basically, I, basically, we're going to get more and more trouble for uncapped players in fantasy league and IPL. That's what's like. If the party has gone too, then we're in trouble. What are you doing? Why? Why are you giving a guy who's at the peak of his T20 form an ODI debut in Zimbabwe? It makes no sense. <laughs> like, am I missing something? <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it, like, look, you've earned the ability to play in an India jersey, and India's going to play multiple teams at once and all that. So fine, but in they should play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fairness, I don't know. Has Tripathi ever about. played an ODI game in his no, life? No, but I'm like, sure he has a good domestic record. So, like, I, I haven't looked at anyway, yeah, yeah, I, I can't argue with that as much. A couple other interesting ones. Deepak Cheher is back. Like, there's a throwback from a few months ago. Like, somehow, like, he's, he fell out of fashion a little bit, but he's back. But social, social media is celebrating his comeback against Zimbabwe like there's no tomorrow. Like, like <laughs> Deepak Cheher is back, the swing king, all of that. I mean, it's interesting. At one point, he did seem like uh, like the, and next, the next big thing for him. The, the person I feel worst for in this entire squad? Any guesses who I feel worst for? In this entire squad? Uh, Kuldeep? No, what's Shami? Why? What is Shami doing there? Shami's not in the squad. He, oh, sorry. I, I that is. Okay, Shami's I not in the squad. <laughs> <laughs> Mohammed Siraj is in this. <laughs> Mohammed Siraj. I thought you just, they, your mind went Mohammed S and you read it. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought they were good for put this. Put in the squad and they also said, Shami, you go get some practice. Is this even India's be- second best ODI squad or is it kind of like two and a half? Not well, quite third best, but two and a half. I don't know. Okay, look, again, like I, I, I think I read this and I probably read it off some shady sites, but some, I think. Uh, I read somewhere that Jay Shah wants a roster of 50 players ready at all times. So and just he just wants... Like, you know, this is the future, right? World Cup 2027, India will have three teams. Three yeah, teams exactly. make the series. Yeah, and the final will be India A versus India B. I mean, as we are on the corporate world, if you think about how to, uh, like how to grow revenue, there's only 365 days, right? So you can't increase the number of days. So what's the other option? What's the other lever you can pull? Uh, all right, this is too corporate. I try to do. I do this podcast to get a break from my corporate life. But now, of course, uh, we can interview. So, so interesting. One last quick one on that one. Washington Sundar, right? Again, in the fifty-over format, like, do you, what is the role do you want him to play? He's still young, right? Like, 
feels like he's been around forever, gone in and out and in and out and stuff. But like, are they really grooming Sundar as a potential future 50 over player? I don't know. I think they're just grooming Sundar as a future Jadeja. But now you've got Akshar Patel, who's also doing well. Like I said, I mean, he, he bats well one every five games or six games, which is which is fine. That's, that's not bad. Um, but Sundar, I saw some videos of him online bowling in county cricket and he looked solid there, man. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, that. like, uh, yeah, so he's definitely like a, a test, a test certainty for me in, in a year or two. But um, ODI versus Zimbabwe, I'm not sure. But hey, you know what? It looks like Shikhar Dhawan has got the best job, right? It's like, you just, you just captain just, the side. Captain the side. All these guys look up to you. Everything is paid for. You're just getting these holidays across the world. and it's it's not a it's it's almost like somebody said ki you know we let, let's keep shikhar happy and let's give him like all these keep smaller like, uh, yeah, smaller smaller him. countries and stuff and yeah, I mean, why not? Run, just why not? Run a ball and know? he's winning 3-0 so can you 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 can't change him for that no you can't fault him at all right so four more t20s to come i think by the time we record next all four will be done so it'll be fun to debrief on those Maron, i'm going to take a quick pivot and go to Birmingham, where the Commonwealth Games kicked off this this past week. And Team India's women have showed up incredibly strong there. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the first one. I had it on. It was a little hard to watch in the US, but I found a way. And man, it was a heartbreaker. I mean, I will say the first match of the tournament was India versus Australia. I, honestly, like you've seen Team Australia play now. I was like, all right, this India maybe has a 10 or 15% chance. Second match is going to be, was going to be against Pakistan. And I think the third one is going to be against Barbados. So good opportunities to win two out of three there. Didn't think there was a shot against Australia. What happens? Team India comes out there, makes 154, which is pretty good. Like kudos, unbelievable start from Shefani Verma, makes 48 of 33. Captain Harman played a, truly played a skipper's knock, made big 52 of 34 and gets to 154, which is a good score. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a fairly solid score against most teams. Against Australia, you think, okay, it's probably good. Not necessarily guaranteed win. And then the Australian batters come out. Some of the biggest, like if you look, when you look down the scorecard, right? Alyssa Healy, Beth Mooney, Meg Lanning, Talia McGrath, Rachel Haynes, Ashley Gardner, like some of the strongest names. And I don't know if you got a chance to watch, but Renuka Singh bowled the spell of her life. I, it was it was unbelievable. Did you watch this at all, or have you been following? I, I couldn't watch it, but I was following it online a little bit. I mean, she knocked off Healy, Mooney, Lanning, and McGrath. Like it was. Unreal. I was like jumping up and down in my seat, man. Like four overs, 18 runs, four wickets. And that gets all top four. I mean, Australia, It that's like, I mean, that's like getting Joss Butler, Jason Roy, Joe Rood and Ben Stokes, right? That's what... I mean, that's, that's the parallel. World, right? that's the World Cup winning squad. Uh, that, that's what it's like. Yeah. So, I really, I, I really don't want to relive it. I will do it quickly. But I just, it shows you, honestly, the depth of the of the Aussie side and how strong they are all the way down. I mean, 34 for four after four overs, you're thinking, okay, this is great. And then it went fifth wicket fell, six wicket fell. I think they were, they were 110 for seven with six overs left. They needed 48 odd runs, but they only had three wickets in hand. You have Ashley Gardner, who's unbelievable talent, but Alana King on the other side. And unfortunately, they put up a magnificent, what was like 48 and 47 on a partnership in, you know, finished the match with an over to spare. At one point, Ash Gardner just looked like she had dinner plans and just was just hitting the ball so hard. And I, it was heartbreaking. I've used that word so many times, but you don't expect to get Australia to a 34 for four and all four wickets by one bowler. So 100% credit goes for Renko. But 
disappointing. I don't think, again, on paper, the, the, the unexpected result. But gosh, when you have Australia so close, uh, you want to be able to count. So, so that was a little disappointing. But then, of course, this, this morning, as we recorded this, India got to play their second match and, of course, played against the Pakistan women, which is, in which case, you go in saying India is more likely their favorites. But oh, it was still fun to see an India victory over Pakistan, right? Yeah, exactly. That was fun. I, I mean, again, rain did come into play, but uh, always good to see that. And Ashwin, this is the first time cricket is in the Commonwealth Games, right? Or no? I believe so. There? Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. To, it's been great I think that it. for me is the biggest thing here is that, um, you know, everyone listening, please go watch, support, talk about it because, yeah, we want cricket to be included in these kind of games and it's it's a great step. It's a great step forward. I believe they played a, a List A men's tournament in the 1998 Commonwealth Games in Malaysia but hasn't played since. So for definitely first women's inclusion and first time in a long time. But Yeah, I, so I mean, that's really good. I totally agree. I saw some, some one of my friends, Trey, was at the ground in Birmingham today for the India-Pakistan match and the, the atmosphere looked electric. Just unbelievable. Awesome. So I got to see some of those. But yeah, I mean, Pakistan women, 99 all out in the 18 overs they were allotted. Two, two overs reduced to terrain. Kind of a great bowling effort from everybody across the board, uh, including Shifali Verma who got thrown the ball, which was interesting to see when he picked up a wicket. And then just like, I'm going to use the same cliche I used, but it looked like the Indian batters had somewhere to be. I mean, chasing 102, you would have backed them, but Smriti hit 63 of just 42 balls. Makes a magnificent century. I mean, Shifali made 16 of 9. Jemmy didn't have to come to anything because they were done in... 11.4 over. So great for the net run rate. Great to see a, a big victory. And yeah, a couple of days away from India playing on Wednesday, India will play Barbados and hopefully qualify for the, the semifinals if we can come out victorious in that one. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. So the basically it's top four, then playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then because it's obviously a Commonwealth Games, you've got a third place as well. Yes, for the for the bronze medal, right? So yeah. looking at it right now, Barbados won, also beat Pakistan, I think, but lost uh, to Australia. So it'll be basically that's like a quarterfinal match coming up, whichever team yeah. wins. Uh, now India's net run rate is really strong, but if they lose the points, Barbados is going to overtake. And then yeah, England and New Zealand looking solid in that other group. So will be a will be an interesting semi final. I'm excited to watch it. And I think by the time we come back to to be with you you all next, there'll actually be a winner already. So that'll be fun to watch. Right, there are some other things happening in the world of cricket, but nothing too exciting that we're going to cover. Uh, South Africa did beat England in a series, so not a great start to Joss Butler's captaincy career for white ball cricket. I think he they didn't win a series all summer because they, they tied one in the ODIs and they lost three series. So not a, not a great start, but uh, I don't know what it is. Pretty exciting always to see England uh, England lose when it comes to the white ball especially. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's... I mean, I feel we all like Butler, but there's a little bit of joy in uh, in watching them lose white ball cricket, which they are so, um, which they believe they're changing the game. But anyway, focus has shifted for England, right? It's now all on baseball and test cricket. So, Joss Butler has a little bit of time to find his mojo. And um, I guess what's his motto or, or a new, uh, the, what is the new thing in ODI cricket for, for England? Because they got yeah. 499. So now what? It's 600? That's it. They have to find a new goal, a new uh, new something to set their sights on, and uh, it's going to be tough. But uh, like I said, I'm excited to see that. I think that brings us to a wrap. Varun, great uh, to be able to relive the week's cricket with you. I'm hopeful by the time we get together next, India's got a big uh, T20 series under our belt against West Indies and a, a Commonwealth Games medal. But uh, TBD, how those all shakes out. As always, thank you everybody for listening. We are at One Tip One Hand on all the social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Please, please, please leave us a review if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to this. If you're on YouTube, click the like and subscribe button. That helps us grow our listeners. 
And we will be back next week to talk more about what's happening in the world of cricket. This has been the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesa Vesa, Anupam talks to Bamanirani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a padyatra. On the Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee podcast, Karthik is joined by Yashraj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and Curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and its franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store, also links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible. Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM Podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from. Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website or wherever you get your podcast from.